This week's episode is sponsored by Helio Gas Detection and Rising Suns, the award-winning brewery here in Cork. Hi everybody and welcome to the first episode of 2024 of the Smashing Skull Sessions and uh, I'm delighted to bring in a friend of mine at this stage really, Tip Scrivener of Celestial Data Promotions and PR. Tip, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, it's lovely to be here. Thanks for having me. Great to have you here. Tell me, before we get stuck into stuff, how was your Christmas? Did you actually get to wind down? Yes, it was really Good. nice. Um, I definitely, like, as I'm a full-time teacher, yeah. um, so end of term is always chaos before Christmas. Uh, but we spent it with family, um, which was really nice. Um, and we've had a bit of time off, so we're on the other side now gearing up, ready to go back to work, which is... And yeah, ready to, and ready to get to back to... The, the main work here too like I mean Celestial Data before we even go in about it like I mean I love to bring people's you know uh, to go a different point of view on it because everyone sees the bands and sees the shows and they sometimes don't see what goes on behind the scenes and I'm hoping you could shed some light on it because like there's some hard work and serious graft goes into this isn't there a yeah company um it's definitely I think it's, it's very rewarding for sure. Um, yeah. I think definitely the gigs are probably the bit where I can actually almost sit back and be like, I've done my bit. Um, I've spent two, three months, six months preparing yeah. for a gig. Um, I guess it's something that I've like always wanted to do. Um, yeah. And I've been fortunate enough that doing something like this is fitted in around teaching. Mm. Um, but it is a lot. It like organizing dates and calendaring yes. and making sure like bands are available and the logistics of getting people to places on the right day at the right time. Um, it's definitely been an experience and a like, learning curve. I would I would think everybody would call that a nightmare trying to work out those logistics. I mean, you take it in your stride, so obviously you actually enjoy that work. Yes, I do. I'm definitely like an organizing um, yeah. queen. That's sort of my, <laughs> that's my thing, really. So I think like definitely setting up Celestial Diadem has tapped into like that skill uh, that I love. And yeah. there are times when I do think, oh my God, what have I done? <laughs> uh, yeah, um, yeah. I did my very first January half day back in at the start of 2023. That's right. And that was the first um, sort of bigger gig where I had a seven band bill. And I did get to about the 15th of 16th of January and thought, what, what have I, how am I going to get? How is it going to come together? Into one place yeah. within quite, you think that like a half day is a lot of time, but actually when you're trying to work out changeovers and set times and getting people there and sound checks, you're like, yeah, nah, I, I haven't planned for this, but actually it went really well. So, And I was there as, I was there as you know, Tip, it was yes. fantastic. It was absolutely amazing. And uh, like, how did it all originate in the first place? I mean, what made you say to yourself, right, I want to start up this company? Um, weirdly, I actually thought, let's start a promotion and gig business during lockdown, right. which is not the time <laughs> or the place, time. really. Um, I, I, I think I've been in, like I said, I've been in teaching for ages and I've been in several bands myself. Okay. Uh, I've been on that other side, like performing uh, and sitting through sound checks and... Um, I think I just wanted to do something that, again, like I said, taps into my skills, but also mm. put something back into bands and give something back that I yeah. can do for bands. Um, obviously, I uh, 
I'm with Dan from Mountainscape. Uh, he's been a big driving force. And I've been really fortunate, actually, as a promoter, that I've been able to use them as a guinea pig for everything to be able to see, <laughs> yeah. is this going yeah. to work? Is it not going to work? Um, and I actually think one of the first things I did for Celestial Diadem was run their PR campaign okay. when they released okay. their very first album. So I worked alongside Dan uh, Dolby from Trepanation Recordings. Um, and actually, that was sort of where I wanted to go, doing sort okay. of PR and media. And then got to the point where I was like, this is cool, but they need somebody to put on some gigs for them. Mm -hmm. And um, he won't mind me saying it, but Dan is terrible at organising stuff. So <laughs> it was just never going to happen for them. And actually yeah. coming out of lockdown, it was really good to have a band that had released an album, was ready to go out there and start gigging. Yeah. Um, and very quickly, sort of post-metal bands started crawling out of the woodwork. Um, and I was really fortunate to sort of be able to say, you know what, I can... Uh, viably put on these smaller bands and mm. give them a platform mm -hmm. um, and I guess it's kind of just grown from there and obviously I sort of had a year of putting on uh, gigs sporadically or sort of just finding my feet and figuring out how it's going to work for me yeah. like I know some promoters potentially book venues and dates and then fill them with bands I was doing a bit of both finding bands first and then mm -hmm. finding venues mm -hmm. and then I think from putting on that first um, half day the yeah. following year then um, I think that sort of really boosted the, yes, I want to do gigs. Um, I want to put on uh, events where it is a really sort of niche, um, just mm -hmm. post-metal. Like, I'm very mm -hmm. picky about what I put on, as you can see from like, my yes. lineup. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, I don't sort of branch out into the, like, math side of it that quite a lot of sort of bigger festivals do. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but I can do that because I'm playing with sort of, like, smaller uh, bands at this moment. At this um, moment, exactly, yeah. Bigger things uh, in the pipeline. So. I mean, the bands you're you're picking out here, like, and the bands you've had, I mean, last year, like, you know, obviously Mountainscape, like, I mean, what a release they had, it must be a year and a half going on nearly, is yeah. it? What yeah. What an album, like. And I mean, 100-Year-Old Man, Dennis Celestial Birds, The Grey, Tacoma Narrows Bridge Disaster, like, anyone who's in Novere, even this year, who released another fucking stomper of an album. Like, yeah. These are bands, anyone within that post genre will know these bands. So I know we've sort of played it down a little bit as been underground, but for anyone within the scene, these are huge, huge shows you're putting on. Yeah, I think that's it. I think when I started, I guess mm. like sort of two, three years ago, um, it felt a lot more underground in the sense that there wasn't much of it happening. Yeah. Um, okay. Like we were saying, you know, if I was to, act as a sort of book it where would I go and put mountainscape on with other like-minded bands mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that's what's been really enjoyable I also one of the most selfish reasons for starting Celestial Dido and putting on gigs was like I want to go to a gig where I like all of the bands <laughs> yeah, yeah, rather yeah. than potentially missing the headline like the main support or yeah I want to put on gigs that I would want to go to um rather than yeah just sort of picking out the odd band that i'm like yeah i like them but i'm not really sure about the others and you know something you're spot on because that's the reason i traveled last year was because you know half day or sometimes you know i know it's only a plane right away like but sometimes you say look fuck it i like yeah. three i like three of the six i leave this yeah. one off and hopefully i'll catch them again but all six if you're into that scene like it's fuck it a willy wonka's chocolate factory yeah music. it's I unbelievable think that's what's like, been really encouraging yeah. as well. lots of the bands that have played it um, were very much like it was a, such a great show because yeah. they were playing with like-minded bands. I know mm -hmm. um, we had like telepathy headline that. That's and right. actually, like for me, 
um, like they like I followed them for ages and actually quite a lot of people were like oh these are new and I was like yeah they are Crazy, but actually they fit really well and they did really well at that um event so it's sort of giving those bands that sort of think well actually I've got nowhere to yeah. fit in just yet and um, that platform um uh, which I'm going to keep doing tell me how do you choose your bands though I mean I know like we talk about it being underground, but there's still plenty of bands out there. Yeah. So plenty of bands trying to, you know, make, trying to make a break and trying to get onto shows like yourself, like onto Cecil Day and like, I mean, how do you go about um, choosing? I'm, well, I, I guess, obviously I had Mount Escape, which mm -hmm. was a really good sort of like starting point. And then the first gig I put them on was in London. So I was looking for, I guess, a local band at that point. Okay. Um, and came across uh, Tacoma Narrows, who headlined my first show. Um, and then I think sort of just following that, it's just research. I've joined um, okay. a lot of uh, like Facebook groups. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like socials have been a huge like driving force for uh, finding bands. I'm on Instagram, like searching mm, and actually mm. got to the point where quite a few bands are now messaging me to check out their music. And, you know, if it's a fit, I'll say I have an opening slot and it's quite nice because I'd like to, I'd like to be able to be at a point where I can take bands and, you know, have them on a roster for some time and put them yeah. on the openers and then gradually like through the celestial diadem program they work up to you know main support headliners and then i can pass them on to the next big thing so i sort there of you go. Like, organically just look for something you know that smaller niche either just something i've stumbled across on facebook or maybe mm. like i said a band has messaged um and then uh yes go from there the good thing about the next half day coming up um is i put out a um, a Facebook post mm -hmm. and said sort of what bands would people like to see um, and actually quite a lot of them um, I think with the exception of about two bands I'd heard before um, yeah. and I've always been thinking oh, I need to get them down I need to get them down yeah. um, but it's hard because I want to put on everybody but I only have 52 <laughs> weekends in a year yeah. um, as well as other commitments so um, yeah it's tough but, but that's it. I'm like you do for more, even more. <laughs> you talk about commitments. Like, I mean, you're a full time teacher, as you said, like, you know, just recently married. Like, I mean, life is busy enough for you. I mean, and to, yeah. to try and push and promote this, like, can't be easy, you know, but you seem to have to drive. Like, I mean, as you said, this it grows, obviously, organically over time. Yeah. Don't give these things time to grow. Yeah. You obviously do. And you're starting to reap the rewards. So obviously, your fans are hitting you up for, for gigs. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I do. Yeah, it is it's getting bigger, which yeah. I kind of thought, you know, when you start something new, having never done it before, having uh -huh. never been a promoter, you know, I've done enough gigs and, I, you know, you think you know how they work and then you start and you're like, oh, yeah. my God, actually, did I? Um, and actually, you know, it's something that I've like, I want to get to a point where I can teach less and gig more because it's definitely <laughs> way more fun. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I already, again, have, like, more, even more gig plans. Um, right. And I don't have a wedding to plan for in 2024. So that's... There you go. As much as it was delightful. Uh, I just <laughs> and, got a, and as much as Dan was a help, was he? Oh, hardly. <laughs> uh, we've just got a... I'm just going to throw in a little uh, house relocation. Uh, we're moving away from... Ah, sure. Uh, so I'm going to add that in. But, Why um, not? Why not? You know, because that's yeah. how I like my life. But, yeah, more gigs uh, for sure. Um, I've got a couple of potential... Um, releases so celestial diadem is going to branch out into sort of like that label side of it i've got a couple of bands 
um for 2024 that i'm going to release some albums oh wow brilliant and that, you're actually getting ahead of me for questions i had because i was oh. going to ask are you are you planning to sort of have it disavowed and grow obviously it's already well in, in the thought process uh tiff yeah yeah essentially i would like to get to a point where celestial diazem can be something that is much bigger and actually is sort of the point that you know bands from europe and things come through <coughs> celestial yeah. diadem to get into the uk post metal scene um as i said i've got some potential um releases that will happen in 2024 uh, and we're going to move up to birmingham uh so the plan will be a couple of years down the line yeah. uh, will be to get a studio up there as well um, wow. and sort of start developing that side so kind of to, i want to be big I'm impressive like, you may as well tip like and i you think know. you there's no better person for it. You are so driven. It's incredible. Like Absolutely. Absolutely. Everybody loves a trier, right? <laughs> exactly. If you don't try, you'll always regret it. Like, that's the way it goes. Now, come yeah. here. Let's talk about this show, 26th of January and 27th. So it was a half day last year, I yeah. suppose, in typical TIFF fashion. You've upped the ante and it's a night and an evening. Like, I mean, yes. that's some boy. Yes. So I did a classic half day, seven band bill on the Saturday in 2023. Yeah. And then... I yeah was like you know what why not just because so many bands messaged me and loads of bands that played last year wanted to play again okay. so I've got okay. some of obviously like some of the same bands on my roster um but I also wanted to open open up more spaces for mm. more bands and actually it's 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 tiring as a promoter so I was like I couldn't do any longer on a Saturday so let's add in a Friday evening um to sort of make it a bit more of an event yeah. Um, so yes, and ten was... bands. Uh, I've got one more band to announce, which is still a band to announce. Is there? I have another band to announce. Yeah, because I'm all about giving, you know. So that's exciting. And is that for the Friday night or the Saturday? Uh, that would be for the Saturday. So it'd be a, stuff. a midpoint be... on the Saturday. Um, but I'm really looking forward to it. Again, Great. it's been it's already been in the planning for six months. Yeah. Um. Also, probably if not, you know, as I was wrapping up last year's, um, I was already thinking about this year's, um, as you do. Um, but you've got to book these things in because as a promoter, one of the hardest things is like getting venues that you want. And I really like going back to venues that I've worked in before. So two two nine for the Saturday. You, you just took my next question and oh, answered. You're sorry. incredible, incredible venues. I was going to ask you about anyway. It it can't be easy to pick venues and get venues to to commit to anything like this yeah it's tough especially as i said obviously coming out of the pandemic when i first mm. started it was tricky to get them because a lot of them were sort of just carrying over their calendar yeah uh, from the previous year so fill up and mm. to be fair i pretty much penciled in 229 at the end of like at the end of my event last year to do okay. this again uh, i love 229 it's where i put on my very first gig so it's got a it's got a soft spot uh, for and me. it's a great spot actually it is a great yeah, spot i really yeah. like it um and like the guys that work there like ben like they are amazing and mm. they're like it makes putting on gigs a lot more enjoyable and yeah. it takes a lot of the stress out when you've got venues who are really receptive to what mm -hmm. you're doing um but yeah like sorry no tip how, tell me how is there two different venues so for your friday night and your saturday uh, the black heart and obviously 229 yeah so black heart so i had 229 picked and then um in fashion it only was a little while where i was like i was umming and ahhing about the friday for a long time okay thinking is this a good idea 
is this not should I just stick to my half day and mm -hmm. then was like well if I can get a venue I'll do it if not then it was meant to be uh, and I think 229 had something on so I was like that's fine I okay put quite a lot of things at the black heart um, I really like it there as well and the guys uh, working there are really cool uh, so I got in touch with them and they were like yes absolutely we'll have you uh, and I've got a lot of um, like appreciation for the black heart because again when I first started out um, I remember putting on a gig and they were like we never take new like unknown promoters at a weekend and I was like, I hear you, but mm. this is like post-metal. It's very niche. I've got some very cool bands. And it was really successful. So it's really right. nice because they always let me go back, uh, right. which is really cool. So Excellent stuff. That's why we're in two different places. Again, it's just venue availability. I've already got venues booked for like June, August. Um, you have to book them so far in advance. And tell me, are you looking countrywide for venues or is everything sort of, are you trying to keep it within London and the surrounds? Classic TIFF fashion countrywide going bigger you know. i love it i love it this is great going bigger so i've generally sort of done london and then the north like manchester leeds yeah. um birmingham and it's quite nice because i've got some venues that i will now go back to and i always like check out those first uh but we're going to go further down south we're going to go further um up north uh ideally uh scotland um wales try to get over to Ireland at some point in the pipeline. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and then I'm in touch with some bands about branching out into some overseas uh, ventures. So are you looking to take, again, I, I don't I'd want to get carried away myself, not to mind you here, but are you looking to bring bands across the water somewhere else? Yes, wow. essentially. So uh, I've, I'm in touch with, so I've got a couple of bands in the pipeline from Europe that I'm going to bring over this year. Mm -hmm. Um to and essentially almost do like gig swaps so that means i can take a band over to europe or okay. uh, send a band over um but again it is just like planning is planning it's a very long time in the planning i would think um, so i that, would think that so. isn't definitely like that's definitely not a three month turnaround so like whatever um, whatever about the logistics in the uk trying to as you said branch out into europe i mean man that that can't be fucking easy like no but i'm really excited so We'll give it a go. We'll give it a go. Well, when you're saying you, I, I'm assuming you have something in motion already anyway to say that you seem so, so up for this. Like, I think there's something not too far away. I think, well, yeah. So I'm looking at sort of something around the end of 2024. The thing is, okay. we also have so many really good UK post-metal bands that yeah. actually like would go around, so, like would go down so well, um, mm -hmm. like in Europe. Um, and it's just, I think because I have that like organized nature and that's the direction that I want to go in. Mm. Um, I'm always like the sooner the better, you know, why not? But like, I feel like I can, I've got the capacity to be able to sort of create those opportunities mm. for those bands and somebody has got to, um, and yeah, I'm going to make that person me, Celestial Nidum. Um, because we've got some really good music. We've got a really good scene yeah. uh, brewing. Um, that is definitely worth like sharing. It is, it is a healthy scene at the moment, I think, in the UK, especially for post-rock yeah. and post-metal. Yeah, it definitely is. And even other sub-genres that sort of roll off that. I mean, I know you said you're, this is a post-metal venture as such, like, but I mean, is there ever a stage you think where you'll be branching that out even? For the foreseeable, maybe just? Possibly, possibly. The thing is, it's really tough because 
Uh, obviously, you've got things like portals. You've got Art Tangent Festival. Yeah. And what they do, like they do it so well. You know, like you've got even strange forms up in uh, up north. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that any promoter starts this to think, well, I want to be bigger or better. Uh, we're not in competition with each other. It's very yeah. much, um, you know, we want to do everything that we can to support bands. Um, but I feel like I've got a unique <clears throat> opportunity at the moment. Um, because somebody else is doing it and doing it really well. Um, so I can just focus on sort of being quite niche, mm-hmm. um, which I quite like yeah. um, at the moment. I would never say never. But that makes a lot of sense, though. That makes a lot of sense. Why, you know, as you said, the likes of ATG, they're like, they're doing their thing. You're doing yours at the moment. It's working out brilliantly. Like, yeah, so, absolutely. You know, leave it for now. Costing, I mean... You have to look at the whole cost aspect of this whole thing, and I don't, I won't bog you down with with figures or f- asking for facts, but this can't be an easy thing like to to make money off. So, is this sheerly down to the love of music, or do you need to make something from it to make it to sustain it? We'll say. I've been really fortunate that when I started Celestial Diadem, it was never for profit, mm-hmm. um, for me personally, and obviously, you know. I don't have a bank loan. I don't have a business loan. Everything that goes out for Celestial Diadem initially was from my teaching salary. Okay. Um, I started off, and I'm currently still at a point where generally I will um, make sure that I break even on a venue. Yeah. Um, And once I've broken even, I will pay bands first and foremost. Okay. Um, And if I walk away with... 20 quid for petrol in my car that's absolutely fine because I have a full-time job I can Mm -hmm. currently make that work um I definitely think because it's something I want to grow it's obviously going to get to a point where it has to be um beneficial for me exactly Um, exactly but so moving forward like that is what will happen I'll start taking a cut and I think that's what like working as a label Mm. um is obviously good like you know it's me investing in bands yeah yeah i then actually will get the return when i'm putting on their album launch weekend gigs and they're exactly exactly i'm then getting ticket sales from that to boost what it is Mm -hmm. so i think by having sort of a whole package um you know being a label almost acting as their kind of booking agent but Mm -hmm. they're not paying a fee and then putting on their gigs i'm sort of keeping money within celestial diadem but the intention will always be to reinvest it back into venues, reinvest it back into gigs, back into bands, uh, supporting where I can, uh, and just making sure that what I'm taking from it is um, is paying my bills. You know, mm. I don't mm. need to, um, you know, make thousands from it. No. Um, it needs to just be affordable. It needs to get to a point where it can sort of like financially look after itself yeah. um, and give me a you know some return on the side i'm really lucky that i've always got teaching mm-hmm. um so that's something that i can always do yeah um as well you know um but definitely at the moment um everything's going back to bands and that's, that's fantastic where i wanted it to be and what i wanted it to be um you know bands getting something as well yeah. as obviously getting this platform so yeah it is it's was started for the love of music um, and it always will be that mm-hmm. every intention of sort of sticking true to like that value because yeah. it was really important. And I think it's what fans and fans like really appreciate potentially about Celestial Diadem. 
Yeah, I, I don't want to sort of repeat myself too much, but it's an absolute credit what you do, like, you know, and what, what you've created already, because I know plenty of people who've been involved in, in sort of PR and, and promotions and stuff. And when it starts to cost money, which it invariably does, like it's not yeah, an easy absolutely. task to keep your head above water with this, it disappears. And it's a pity because there's been so many good people I know that have tried and failed. Um, mm. And just to see what you're doing and, you know, you've got your you've got your core values in the right place you know it's you know it's all about the music it's about the bands anything else that falls your way comes your way but i mean there is a point where it has to be viably profitable if you want to expand this and make it grow you know so i just think people need to really really understand that side of it you know yeah. what you do is just it's trojan work like it really is you know For- i think it's always something and you know anybody who's watching i'd always say is a plea um Whenever I'm putting on a gig, pre-ticket sales scare me mm-hmm. because I look and think I've got a gig in a week and I have sold 12 tickets yeah. and I have bands to pay. And honestly, um, that money isn't coming to me. It's going to bands. But it is quite daunting as a promoter to think if I get to that gig, am I going to have those 12 people and three more people on the door? Or am I going to get everybody? But also, like, I do appreciate that, you know, we're in a cost of living crisis. It's really difficult. Um, But, you know, it's making sort of gigs affordable. And, you know, again, I think quite everybody who goes to gigs, you know, does it for the love of music. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, it's just keeping that at the heart and, you know, doing what we can. So you would like people to... Early. Buy early. tickets. Yes. In advance. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Also, exactly. they're cheaper. So, and yeah. they're cheap anyway, Tiff. Like, let's be honest, you know, I mean, I don't mean to disrespect anybody, but anybody could purchase a ticket with what you're charging yeah. and have it there, you know, and, and it's, it's something to look forward to. You know, you have your ticket. There's a great event ahead. So I'd absolutely a big shout out, lads. Anybody else? No, Jesus, get your ticket in advance and give everybody every chance to make this succeed yeah. you know international bands tiff i know you touched on it and i have it down in my list as a question to ask you you're obviously in touch with bands already seemingly mm-hmm. so you're ahead of the curve with me anyway here but with regards to my questions yeah was again that was obviously another way of growing this and are these post metal bands again post rock bands yes okay. um I don't want to like I don't want to say too much because no, obviously no. things are still in the pipeline. Um, but I have a couple of bands, um, yeah, that have been in touch, um, that I'm looking at. So I think I've got a band coming over from Belgium, uh, potentially in September. Um, I think I've got a band coming over from France that we're trying to just figure out logistics. So I've got. A I'm, couple I'm of, already trying to work out. Yeah. So there yeah, you go. Yeah. That's all you're getting essentially. <laughs> Um, but yeah, generally in the sort of post-metal, post-rock, uh, the post-scene uh, at this point for sure. But it'll be really nice because it will give UK bands an opportunity to uh, jump on lineups as well. So that's like, again, I want to open up more lineups to sort of more post-metal bands. Um, but also, like I was saying about this gig swap, it means that hopefully yeah. um, I can take bands over and I've already got those contacts and networks mm. uh, in order to be able to support putting on shows and putting on tours um as well it's, it's another way of networking isn't it bringing them over, and them over yeah exactly just let it grow and let it grow yeah i want to just go back again before we move on uh, to this show this this two-day event how are ticket sales going for that at the moment 
I want to say I think they're going well. I hope they're going well. Yeah. Um. So my I'm fortunate that I actually am not managing tickets for this event. So okay. the venues are doing that for me. Very um. Good. So I will check in uh, over the next week to see how they're going. Um. I'm hoping that based on uh, last year's turnout, um, that it would be really good attendance again. Yeah. Um. I think we're doing uh like I think we're doing fairly well. Um, good, at the moment good. and this is always it it's so hard to know in pre-ticket sales because i think last year i think i might have sold about 15 uh before and then what? within the week before i'd sold about 60 so it's so, like it's so hard to know for last like, for last year's half day or that's that's how it went sales yeah yeah so it's really scary it, that's, that's scary what I'm saying. like it's a yeah. lot of it's a lot of risk when you look at so sometimes I'm too scared to message venues and ask about my ticket sales updates because <laughs> it scares me. Yeah. Um, but then actually it all works out. And I think the good thing about half day is usually conveniently putting it on the weekend of a payday. So, you know, always um, thinking, always thinking I like it, you know, it, and you know what it's as a promoter, you have to think about things like that. Yeah. So you have to think about if I put on a gig, is it clashing with another big event that people have just bought tickets for? Mm. Uh, what else is happening in town that weekend? Um, like, what am I up against? You know, is there a train strike? So I don't want yeah, to know that weekend. Yeah, yeah. I predict that uh, making tickets affordable as well. Um, so as much as it is the logistics of getting bands to places, it's thinking, well, actually, when can I do this? And when are people going to engage with mm -hmm. buying tickets like the most when is the best time to yeah you know promote things and yeah. have a big event like this and give it that that social media push when when's the right time to be pushed which is probably constant isn't it social media yeah absolutely it's absolutely and it's it's forever changing like tapping into different algorithms and <laughs> you know the time of day you think i'll post on a friday at 11 30 well everybody's trying to get all their stuff done before lunch because everybody know they'd be scrolling yeah. in the afternoon you know so actually there's so many small things that there's you so much to, to think about isn't yeah, there that you so have to factor much. in all the time well tell me do you have a list of the names of the bands playing actually the lineups for um your two-day festival or your two-day yes event? so on friday um, at the black heart on the 26th we have um a london band air they're opening uh, we've got main support from the Grey, um, who I love, and then we've got Pleiades uh, nice. headlining, uh, and I'm super stoked to see them because I've been meaning to uh, put them on for forever, Great and um, so that's a that's going to be a big one for me. And then on the Saturday, 27th at two two nine, we have oh my god, so many I'm Last of Eden. Anywhere um, headlining? Am I am I right? Uh, last Last of Eden. Yes, so Last of Eden are uh, headlining that uh, again, which is really nice. Um, and I've been meaning to catch one of their shows, but they always just fall at a time that doesn't work. Uh, so I'm super looking forward to that. Great. Obviously, we've got Mountainscape, uh, Dinner of Celestial Birds. Uh, and then I bring over some bands that or got some bands on that I've not had before. Uh, so I've got Fort um, mm -hmm. that I've seen live that are incredible. I've got A Million Moons um that are coming together for that and i have time in antarctica uh which um i love but also discovered on that uh comment thread on one of the posts um all oh, right very good yeah so bringing bands for the people um ah, and then, yes as i said i've got one more uh to announce to be announced like there's two new ones to me and straight away a million moons and time in antarctica i wouldn't be familiar with so look as much as i love to see the bands that are already on the roster 
that I know. I'm yeah. so looking forward to hearing new music yeah. because that happened last year for me. The grey I wouldn't have been too familiar with, you know. So it's an incredible yeah, line. A nice thing that even though they're new, they are gonna. I feel like I could almost say they're gonna be something that you like because yeah. they're in that, like they're in that genre. They're in that. There you go. They're in that scene. So um, there's not that fear of not liking the style of music, as as you said, you're keeping it niche yeah, absolutely yeah, exactly. which also really works for them as bands then i think uh, you know it, yeah like, they're looking forward to it too so. fantastic fantastic it's going to be an incredible show or two shows i can't wait for it yeah it's going to be it's going to be a good weekend it is tiff come here i want to just throw a couple of questions at you before you leave there just for a bit of fun yeah let's see how you get on with these at this moment in time right at this moment yeah. of time who would be your dream band to headline a celestial diadem show and think big if you want think as big as you can too many to think of too many to think you know i'd really like to um i think there's a couple of bands like in america like i'd really like to work with a band like caspian yeah uh, a band like ties from nebula uh would be really cool nice um yeah yeah they'll do me those two answers will do me perfectly then my next two goals very nice very (laughs) nice right what has been your favorite performance so far under the celestial diadem shows whose performance stood out for you personally like is there one? Oh my god there's been so many i think the half day went really well like mm-hmm. i'm really pleased with the success and actually what i really enjoyed about that was how much everybody else enjoyed it yeah um i think was a really uh amazing thing um i put on din of celestial birds uh mountain skate and under a crumbling moon oh, yes. uh, for a little weekender um, we did uh, a couple of gigs and I played in nice. Cambridge for the first time at the 6-6 oh. uh, and that was a really cool gig um, so yeah, yeah that, was, that, was, really... that was a tough question it's probably a bit of an unfair question no. right tell me have you an album of the year for 2023 <sighs> or can you just name drop a couple of albums that you were yeah so like the Novir album that we mentioned earlier when that came Savage, out yeah. um was amazing it was really good to see those guys do that because i know they worked like super hard on that and they're mm. really keen mm. uh dinner celestial birds album um is on like rinse repeat in my car all the time yeah uh last of eden obviously um i've got that uh also burning a hole in my seat listen now. to the, the albums that we're talking about here and the bands and the quality of the albums they've released Absolutely. and they're and they're all at this two-day event i mean like this this is really a no-brainer for people who are in the scene, lads. It really isn't. Yeah. Three great answers. Fair play to you, Tiff. Fair play to you. That was, <laughs> that was too easy. Too easy for a person like you anyway. But look, I suppose I want to thank you for coming on the show. Um, it's nice to showcase something a little different. You know, it's not always about the bands. It's about what happens in the background and the people who put in the hard graft and the hard work. As much as they love it, it's still, it still needs to be noted, I think, and, and appreciated. So, Tiff, I wish you all the best for this two-day event on the 26th and 27th, lads. Blackheart. On the 26th, 229 on the 27th. I'll be there myself. Tiff, thanks a mil. Thank you so much for having me and see you in January. I'm looking forward to it. See you in January. Exactly. There you go, guys. Celestial Diadem promotions and PR. Keep your eyes peeled because there's big things happening there, I'd say. Thanks to everybody else who tuned in. Thanks to Richie from the Metacell who edits and produces the show. Uh, Catch you on in a couple of weeks. Take care.